A lot of interesting comments about the quarterback position coming out of the Plains this week. Let's talk about it on this Wednesday edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. Happy hump day to my Auburn family. Hope everybody's week is good, man. We're halfway to Friday, guys. Hang in there. I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. Blake, how are we, brother? What is up, Dustin? What is up, Auburn family? Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to talk about the QB position this Wednesday morning. Uh, A lot of interesting quotes uh, that we're going to dive into. Uh, That's going to be some fun. And I know a lot of people are anxious uh, to see if it's Robbie to see if it's Peyton, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of hype around them too right now and, and what kind of QB competition it will actually be. Right. So I'm excited about that, Dustin. And uh, for our Auburn family and our viewers, listeners, followers, if you could hit that like button, smash it for us, uh, click the bell for notifications when we go live or drop new videos. Uh, so you will be notified to come check out the Uptempo podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And we love each and every one of you. Yes, sir. Trying to get to 1,000 before kickoff, guys. So sub to that. Yeah. Sub yeah. to that for us. And go to Home Field Apparel, 15% yeah. off, man. Up tempo, yeah. all caps. Yeah, yeah you want to look like Blake, man. Look at that fly yeah. shirt. You want to look hey. like Blake. So, Blake, man, everyone's been talking all week, bro, about quarterback, quarterback, you know, can't get away from it, right? Um, being of the week. Vegas <laughs> Vegas had the odds for Robbie Ashford to be the odds-on favorite to be the starter. You are the betting guy of the podcast. You know uh, much more about how all that kind of stuff works. Uh, yeah. I know my personality, man. I'm not even going to get involved in that kind of stuff because I will go down a rabbit hole. So <laughs> I, I avoid things that people get addicted to. Um, yeah. But then the next day, the very next day, they switch it up. And they say, no, actually, it's Peyton Thorne. So – my thoughts on this, Blake, and I'll kick it to you, was simply uh, I think that that got some action, got some traction, the whole Robbie mm-hmm. Ashford thing. And then I think that uh, somebody probably got in the odds makers ears and said, hold on just a second, guys. I don't this. I, I see this kind of getting some play down there in Auburn. And I'm here to let you all know, eh, hold off on this one. What you think? Uh, who was it? Phil Steele that yeah, had him winning the quarterback he, job. Yeah, he does a real big, uh, real big preseason magazine. Yeah, so he had Robbie winning the job, and I think that's kind of where Vegas looked at this thing and said, "Okay, well, you know, we're going to put Robbie as as the favorite, and we're going to put Peyton at plus money as the underdog." And obviously, all the Auburn faithful, the fans, everybody just jump on it, right? And they're like, "Well." You know, Peyton at plus money, that's a that's an easy bet. And I think Vegas was just kind of like, hold up, hold up. You know, uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't really, uh, you know, catch this vibe. And so uh, after they were just bombarded by Peyton Thorne love, uh, which I know both of us, we also love Peyton Thorne. We love Robbie as well. But uh, we know that uh, we – we think we know that that Peyton Thorne is the uh, clubhouse favorite, right? So, um, you know, I think the switch up the very next morning uh, was due to that. And <laughs> they didn't want people coming down there and getting Peyton Thorne on plus money, right? Uh, and, and so they had to switch them odds up pretty quickly. Uh, but, look, it's a QB battle. And you're not going to know until August 2nd uh, when when fall camp starts and we get to truly see the quarterbacks go at it. And, uh, you know, they they start repping and and Hugh gets in their ears and, and stays on their ass. Right. So that's yeah. when we'll that's when we'll really, really get to dive in deep and and get to know a little bit more about both of these guys. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of it is. For one, um, and Phil, for Phil Steele, uh, man, it's we cover one team, and yeah. it's hard to know everything yep. about one team. So trying to do a preseason magazine for the entire Division One of NCAA, probably pretty tough. Pretty mm-hmm. sure that you know you're not going to get everything right. I don't know how big his staff is. And look, this is not a, this is not some like crazy stretch. You know, it it, 
it would have been much more controversial if it was Holden Gurner, right? Or, or Hank Brown. This is not some just wild, like there's a world we can see where Robbie wins the job. And mm -hmm. um, I've said several times, just personally, that's what I'm pulling for. Um, because I'll say it again. I respect what Robbie did for us last year. You know, mm -hmm. a guy that goes in there and plays hurt um, and has to play hurt because other guys in that room are refusing to go in and burn a year of eligibility. Uh, so he says, well, screw it. I'll go out here and I'll handle it my damn self. And in a lost season, said several times, I have nothing but love for that. Uh, said several times, I just love a running quarterback as a fan. So yeah. the fan in me, um, I'm pulling for Robbie to win this job. And uh, it's not like if I was putting a percentage on it, right, I wouldn't say it's 85 percent Peyton Thorne and then 15 Robbie. I'd probably have it at 70, 30, 65, 35. You know, like there's not there's it's not this out of the world or the realm of possibility that Robbie wins the job. What Robbie can do with his feet. I'm not sure if there's another quarterback in the country yeah. that can do that, because I don't know how many. I don't know. You could probably count them on, on one hand how many better athletes there are in the country than Robbie Ashford. So, and we'll get into this in a second, this part of the discussion. So there's so Robbie's got to get the ball, right? Like Robbie, me and you've been saying that all summer that we just Robbie's got to get touches in the game. There's no way he can have a guy that athletic on the bench the entirety of the game. It's it's what do the roles look like and, and how does that all get defined? But as far as him being the odds on favorite to win the starting job. Uh, he's just not, and he's just, yeah. he's, he's just not. And I can only, I can only really say it's just, just, you just hear things, right? You know, you just, mm -hmm. you just hear things. And I'll say this, just go back to what you do know. Just go back to what's, what's been said publicly. Um, Hugh Freeze didn't bring up the, when he said there are maturity issues in this quarterback room prior to Peyton Thorne coming in, that wasn't said for no reason. There's a reason that that was said. There are things that have happened for that to be said. Um, can those things be corrected? Sure. Can I, I, I'll just come out and say it. I feel like from some of the things that I've heard and just what, what has been, what, we, what we've seen publicly, forget what I've heard. Some of the comments that uh, coach has made and you saw whenever Peyton Thorne came in, some of the players were openly on Twitter saying, Hey, we need you. We need a guy. Mm -hmm. So they're doing that with Robbie on the team. Yep. Okay. So that tells you something. So what it to what it tells me is not everybody's bought in tonight. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, Robbie played for us hurt. Robbie showed us potential. We still mm -hmm. haven't seen Peyton Thorne take a down in an Auburn mm -hmm. uniform. So yep. we don't know. This is all speculation. This is all assumption. This is why me and Blake are absolutely sick and freaking tired of pontificating and, and guessing and talking and predicting um, because how many more predictions can we make? I mean, yeah. I could really wrap this episode in three minutes. It's not good for content, but I can really <laughs> wrap it up in three minutes and say, we don't know a damn thing. We'll see you August 2nd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we all thought that it was Zach Calzada last year, right? Great point. And clearly that didn't work. And another thing with Robbie, too, he was hurt again in the spring, man. Mm -hmm. So all the football stuff aside, is Robbie going to be – is he going to be okay? I mean, if he comes in and, and he has – if that shoulder continues to bother him as we kick off fall camp, you know me. I'm going to say, okay, dude, too many injury issues every time we see – so, I mean, it's just there's just a lot of a lot of stuff there. Um but it was fun to watch the Vegas thing. Like you said, definitely just kind of seemed like somebody got over there and said, guys, we're going to lose money on this. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. This is uh, a way up. Dustin, let me ask you this. You know, I, I see a lot of stuff about Robbie saying that uh, he didn't have the offensive line last year. He was running for his life, and uh, he didn't have any time to set his feet and throw the football down the field. And, right. You know, all of those things, right? Uh, with Philip Montgomery's style coming in and, and Hugh and the RPO game and everything, do you think Robbie fits this offense a lot better than he did the Harson and Keesaw offense? And do you think that could help him raise his stock? 
to be the starting quarterback at Auburn oh, University. Yeah, yeah, 100, 100%, man, 100%. You know, if – let's say that Peyton, because he's he's around a low 60% completion percentage on his career, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that Peyton hangs around there. Let's mm-hmm. say he hangs around at 61, 62%. Um, not lighting the world on fire, but he's playing solid. Uh Let's say that Robbie raises his completion percentage up to around 57 to 58. Does does that let's, let's say Peyton's at 62 and Robbie raises his to 58. Does that 4% that Peyton's better does that cancel out Robbie's athletic ability? Like it it's just I don't know man. I really I really yeah. don't know. I could say this uh you get a couple of injuries on that offensive line. And then all of a sudden, Robbie might look like the better option, right? Because we saw last year with just how bad the offensive line was from the get go. That was a lot of a lot of people's point was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, TJ's not ever going to have a fair shot behind this offensive line because of his play style." Mm-hmm. We all think the offensive line has improved, but we all think that. Yeah, we haven't seen that. Great point. So if the offensive line isn't what we think it's going to be, or if fall camp happens, hey, got my Buccaneers T-shirt on. Our season, our season got unrailed last year in Tampa five minutes into day one. Ryan mm-hmm. Jensen, the starting center, went down the second snap of opening fall camp. Torres ACL was out for the year. Yep. The season was done right there. Hell, Auburn took a pretty big shot when Nick Brahms went out at the beginning of the yep. season last year, right? Yep. So things can happen before the season, which, by the way, you're not going to see any predictions on this podcast until about a week or two before the season because fall camp matters. Um so there's a lot of things that could happen in camp outside of the actual quarterback. If they're if they're neck and neck, or if, if one guy's just a little bit better, then it's gonna be can Robbie make up the difference with his legs and the intangibles? If they're yeah. even, we know it's gonna be about the intangibles, right? Yeah. Who's the better leader? Who is the guy that the the huddle is gonna listen to more? Who's the guy that has a locker room? That's where it's gonna be if it's even. So It'll just be, man, I mean, August 2nd can't get here, can't, can't get here soon enough, man. But I don't think that um, one of the narratives that has come out of this week is people, I guess people are kind of shocked to find out that the door is not completely shut on Robbie. And I've, I've never felt that it was. I think that Peyton Thorne is the leader. If I had to put money on it, I would put my money on Peyton Thorne to win the job. But um, the fact that, like, Robbie's not just completely out is not – Shocking to me well, in any kind of way. You remember I told you a couple of days ago that Robbie's going to have to be much, much better than Peyton in fall camp, and it's going to it's going to have to be consistently better, right? I mean, he's going to have to take leaps and bounds to consistently outperform him day by day, all right, for him to win this job. Um, and that is that is deep ball, that's intermediate throws, that's check downs, whatever it is, all right? He is going to have to be flawless to win this job, in my opinion. Uh, I, I just think the way Hugh wants to run things is with a guy that can throw it around the yard, and that is – it screams Peyton Thorne to me, right? And uh, I think – that that's why I kind of laughed at the whole Vegas thing. Uh, I laughed at the whole Vegas thing when I saw Robbie as the favorite. I was just like, "No way!" You know, there's no way this is real. And you know, they switched it up. Peyton, they put Peyton in there as, as the new favorite, and Robbie as the underdog. And look, we're both on the same page. I think that is the correct way. Uh, I think. Peyton Thorne will start week one. But the thing I want to ask you, Dustin, is is there was some there was some comments and some quotes uh that were that were introduced to us that the Auburn Tigers could potentially play two quarterbacks this mm-hmm. year. Okay. And now we start it starts getting a little cloudy, right? Because we're sitting here arguing, well, is it Peyton? Is it Robbie? Well, I know there was some things that you want to say because Hugh Free said that it could possibly be both. Right. Yeah, so I'm going to read the comments here. So uh, the story was by Pete Thamel, who is just beloved on the planes um, from ESPN.com. <laughs> really love you, Pete. You do awesome work, man. 
Uh, appreciate you getting me a strike on Twitter, by the way. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm petty. So, uh, here's the comments, though. Great work, Pete. Freeze told ESPN on Tuesday that Auburn could end up playing two quarterbacks at times this season. Incumbent Robbie Ashford and Michigan State transfer Peyton Thorne are expected to battle for the starting position. Hugh Freeze's quotes. Do I think it's possible to play two quarterbacks and win? I do, actually. If they handle it the right way, someone is going to have to be the starter and someone is going to have to be the guy that you depend on in the fourth quarter. Robbie Ashford can win us games. He can help win us games. He is the most freakish athlete I've ever had at quarterback. Can he be the starter? I don't know that yet. But can he? Can we use him to help us win games? There's no doubt in my mind he can if he's mature enough to handle the competition. Okay. So, again, the maturity thing comes up, right? So, like, Hugh's not just saying that. There's a reason why Hugh is saying that. And it's not and, – and I don't want people – because we've been saying this lately, right, but we have to talk about it. I don't want people to think that this is – like knocking like this big knock on Robbie. Like I'm not indicating or trying to insinuate that behind the scenes, Robbie is just late or he's this or he's that, you know, that he's mm -hmm. a bad kid and not doing what that, that's not, that's not what we're insinuating. What we're saying is, and what Hugh's saying here is there's a certain level, a starting quarterback needs to be at as far as leadership goes. So what a, what a wide receiver that might be a leader on the team or a linebacker or, or somebody like that, what they're required to do to be a leader is just different. It's mm -hmm. just different. And watch the, if you, if you don't understand it, just watch that Netflix show quarterback. It'll tell you everything. It, it's awesome, dude. It really is. For one, I don't ever want to hear anybody ever again say, I don't know why these guys make $18 million a year. You want to know why they make $18 million a year? Because there's, about 32 guys walking the planet that can start on an NFL team for a quarterback because they work 90 hours a week because they drive down the road after practice and they're reading out Z ride X 92 Y like the work that goes into it, the injuries that they have to play through what Kirk cousins was playing through last year. And nobody knows, bro. Yeah. Like you don't even know until you watch the series. It's like, man, what it, what it takes to be a quarterback and Robbie, to be fair, displayed some of that last year, playing with that shoulder. He told Mike G, I couldn't even feel how far I was throwing it because I had no feeling yeah. in my shoulder. So giving him all the leeway, all the understanding, I do think this is an open competition. But that maturity quote from Hugh Freeze is, again, that word comes up again when specifically talking about Robbie. So there's something there that Hugh Freeze still feels like he needs to see, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then as far as the – the idea of playing two quarterbacks. So this is where we'll go with this. What I think Hugh is saying here is a lot more of something like 2009 versus 22 last year. Mm -hmm. I think you're. I think he's talking about a Chris Todd, Cody Burns situation mm -hmm. much more than a Robbie Ashford, TJ Finley situation last year. I just do not see Hugh Freeze switching quarterbacks mid-drive the way that we did in that infamous Penn State drive where we complete the pass to Landon King, don't see Landon King get a ball thrown to him the rest of the year. You pull the quarterback that made the throw and the receiver that caught the pass off the field the very next play. That is just about the stupidest shit I've ever seen watching Auburn football, and it was stupid right then. Me and you were in the stadium. We were screaming how stupid it was. A lot of people were, mm -hmm. and – I just don't think that Hugh Freeze is going to do that. I've watched Hugh Freeze enough. He's a good coach. That's just really stupid, and I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to do that. What I think Hugh Freeze is indicating here is Robbie Ashford is a really, really good athlete. Like he said, the most freakish athlete I've ever coached. Mm -hmm. I have to find ways to get the ball in his hand. Do I think that there is actually going to be a two-quarterback system? No. No, I don't. Mm -hmm. I think that Robbie is going to have some packages, and I think that will depend on how the game flow goes. If Peyton Thorne is out there versus LSU and he's lighting it up in Baton Rouge, are you going to pull him off the field to bring in Robbie? No. Probably not if he's if he's 15 for 21 in the first half or 182 yards and two touchdowns. You're not going to go in a halftime and be like, we got to find a way to get Robbie some runs. Like If you're moving mm -hmm. the ball, you're not going to do that. Um, but now if you find yourself in a third one and you feel like there's something you've seen on tape, I just I just think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying, listen, I've got the most dynamic athlete 
at quarterback probably in the country. If I'm missing somebody, I'm missing somebody. But as far as just pure athletic ability, I've got that dude. So I got to find ways to get in the ball. And right before I turn it to you, Blake, also, we're a week out from fall camp. Is he going to come out and say, yeah, Robbie ain't got a shot. Ain't nobody – Ain't only person that's going to play is going to be Peyton Thorne. Holden, Robbie, Hank, mail it in. I don't want to see y'all try. Like, of course he's not going to say that. And that wouldn't be – that wouldn't be beneficial to Robbie, and that wouldn't be beneficial to Peyton. He's going to say everything we've seen him say since Nashville. This is no different to me. This is him just saying, you've got a QB competition. I'm going to see who wins the job. And I I agree with you. Uh, everything with Robbie and and coming in the game, uh, I think he's going to have packages. I don't think this is going to be like last year where you know we're marching the ball down into Penn State territory or or whoever you know like Arkansas whoever you know we get down there inside the forty. And all of a sudden we see a quarterback change. We get a first down and then we see another quarterback change. And on third and 18, we throw Robbie back in the game. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, I mean, it was just, it was awful. All right. So I know Hugh's not going to do that. But what I do expect is early in the season against a UMass. All right. I think Robbie could, I think Robbie could torch Cal. All right. Like you get Robbie the ball in, in open space. I think he could torch Cal. Um, and I, I think he's going to have some packages where he comes in on a, on a second and four or, you know, whatever second and five. And, and, you know, he could run a read option and, and he can either pull it or, or, or hand it off or, you know, whatever. All right. He's going to have a package to where he gets the football and he gets the opportunity to make a play. Now, gotta gotta hold on to the ball, all right. Mm. Gotta hold on to the ball. There was some times last year where we thought he had thirty yards of green grass out in front of him, and he just dropped the football. No excuse. Right. Yeah, there, again. there was times where he just put it on the ground, you know. And so, I think early in the season, what I'm trying to say is, is he's going to get some run. All right, he's going to get on the football field, whether he's a decoy or what. You know, you, you run a Robbie Ashford out there, and and they have to point to him and say, "Hey, look, there's one of the most athletic players in Division One football. He just stepped foot on the football field." All right, so we got to account for him. All right, could Robbie get the football? No, he's a decoy. All right, but if he comes in and he makes plays early against UMass, Cal, Sanford. Okay, Uh, who's to say that, you know, you go out to Texas A&M, you get inside the 20, you're kind of struggling, you know, it's been hard, you've been having to kick field goals, you know, it's it's a 10 to 6 game or 10 to 9 game or 13 to 10 like it was last year. Who's to say you throw Robbie Ashford in the game and, and, you know, let him work, give him a package, all right, Give, give him a play call. Let him keep the football. Let him, you know. I don't. I don't think he'll drop back and throw much. All right. Um, but the threat, you know, though, just just the it, threat. It, it is the threat. It is the threat. All right. And and that's what's gonna have to make defenses respect him. And I just think that if he gets on the field early in the season, inside the twenties, I think he could do damage in the red zone. I really do, Dustin. Now, like I said, if he starts turning the ball over and it goes, you know, as a disaster, then I, I think Hugh might look at it and be like, "Hey, you know, like, eh, let's just stick with Peyton from here on out. You know, let's just let's just ride with Thorn and the whole two QB thing. Um, let's just let's get rid of it. You know, I, I don't think we're gonna be at the fifty. Uh, like LSU two years ago and, and Harson look at Bo and say, Bo, come out, TJ, go in, you know, and I'm sitting here going, you know, what are we doing? We're moving the football. We just got our first down. It's first and 10, and you take Bo Nix off the field and you put TJ Finley in there like uh, it's it's a disaster. I, I don't see that happening. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think Robbie could get some touches. He might get three, four, five touches a game. I don't know. 
but I do think he he will get a chance to be on the football field. Yeah, like matchups, right? So what if um, mm-hmm. what if you watch uh, what if we have a team where we're coming up and playing them? Say just say we're playing Ole Miss, right? And Hugh sees on the uh, Hugh sees on film that earlier in the season, Ole Miss struggled with the zone read, yep. particularly that their ends struggled just uh, deciding whether to crash on the the quarterback or the running back. And he says, okay, this is something that I can exploit with Robbie. So mm-hmm. matchups and spark, like you said, when you're talking about the A and M game, if you're in a thirteen to ten game, and then it's like, man it's just getting stale and dull and it's watered down and you bring in Robbie and he bust off a 25 yard run mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's, Oh, you know, just that, that, just, just that's just that spark that it can provide, man. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I just, I really see a situation um, like Oh nine. I yeah. really do. You know, where we, where we ran the ball, we ran the ball with, uh, with Ben Tate a lot and Ontario was on that team. Correct. Yeah. Ontario was yeah. on that team. Yeah. We ran We ran the ball a lot with, with Ben. And then we in an Ontario kind of that, that Ben was the, between the tackles. Ontario was the speed sweep. And then you had Chris Todd just playing solid quarterback. I'm pretty sure um, it was 21 touchdowns to six interceptions. Yeah. Um, you would take that in there. If I, right now I would sign up blood oath for Peyton Thorne to do that next oh, yeah. year. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, and then you got, you use Cody Burns and the wildcat. I really think it's going to be something like that. I, but I think Robbie's a little bit more of a threat. I think he's a little bit of a better passer than Cody was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And then also, he was managing a room. Like a lot of times you, you when you hear quarter, uh, comments about quarterback, you can focus on this guy. So you can say, okay, this is about Robbie or this is about Peyton whatever. Um, Hugh had to use like every quarterback he had on the roster at Liberty last year. He went into Fayetteville yeah. and won with his third string. So mm-hmm. I think he understands he, he has to manage the whole room. I have to have every guy in this sure. room ready to roll. Because if I had to use four quarterbacks at Liberty – then I might have to use two or three in the SEC. Yep. So I just think that a lot of that is him also like, I got to have everybody on confident. I got to have everybody ready to roll. We talked last episode, you got to recruit everybody on your team constantly. They can up and leave <laughs> yeah. at any any damn point, it seems. Nobody knows the rules for the portal and how that works. I see guys this week hitting hitting the portal. I'm just, I, yeah. thought this was, I guess they're grad transfers. I, I don't know. I cannot keep up anymore. But I just think that that's a lot of it, man, is um trying to manage all of it too, bro, you know. Mm. Yeah, and and like great point with with Hugh at Liberty and everything he did there last year. We saw him go into Fayetteville and and laid it on the hogs. So uh, look, I think I think we're gonna have two guys that are gonna be ready. Yeah. All right, and and I don't think we need to really worry about quarterback. I, I honestly think there is bigger uh, there's <laughs> b- bigger needs for Auburn on this team, right? Uh, uh, we want to we want to see the receivers succeed and make plays down the field. All right, we want to see. Uh, I'll t- I mean, I'll be honest with you. I want to see a route tree. All right, I I, I want to see more than what a that than, is. yeah than a gimmick a, a one man <laughs> gimmick route. All right, like uh, I want to see a route tree, fellas. Man. And I mean that is just that's been a pain for Auburn. All right. You know, it was For, funny watching the fireside chat, right? Because we know what we know what Gus was. No route mm-hmm. tree. Everyone's doing this guy's running it in, this guy's running it out, and this guy's running a, a fade. Um, so you that you just knew what was coming. Or your tight end's running the drag, he's running a fade, he's running out, something like that. Yeah. But uh it was real simple. And then you scouts have talked about that. When a guy like Seth Williams got drafted by the Broncos, the Broncos said, This guy is talented, his route running sucks, he hasn't been developed. Yep. Um, but, and then you go, so you, you go from that and then I watched the fireside chat with, uh, with Camden Brown, Jay Fair and Coy Moore. And all those guys say, this was too complicated. Last year was too complicated. They said mm-hmm. they practiced stuff. They would run stuff in the game that they had practiced maybe once or twice during the week yeah. and that they would be calling off the play in the huddle and they would just be like, huh? Bro, Jay, Jay said, Jay Fair said that. They would get in the huddle, and it would be just a scramble. Like, like everybody would just be scrambled <laughs> because they would be like, "Huh? Like, what's right. going on?" So and and yeah. yeah, and and then he would say like he would line up and he'd just be like, "What? What was it? like? What am I supposed to do?" You know? And and, right. I, and what I tripped me out? What tripped me out about that dude was they said that Ike didn't know Ike Killer. Ike yeah. Killer played ten years in the NFL. If your offense is too complicated for him, probably too complicated for freshman Jay Fair. 
Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I, the system's going to be a lot better. These guys are going to be put in a lot better position. I'll tell you who doesn't think that, though, Blake. Who is Is that? the administration up in Nashville at our SEC mm. school in Nashville. Mm. They looked at it, and they said, you know who a good homecoming opponent is? Let's put mm. Auburn on that thing. Mm. Now, before I before I get into this, I will say Auburn has lost two seasons. We've had two losing seasons in a row. Mm-hmm. So I am coming from a perspective that's probably not necessarily the best perspective right now. But uh, and and we had a guy in our comments say, fellas, you do know that we're 21 and 21 versus Vanderbilt. We are 21 and 21 versus Vanderbilt. They owned us back when they used to ride trains to the games. I think that was Mr. Uh, I think that was Mr. Bob. Yeah, Bob, and, and no shots, buddy. We love you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you know, appreciate you, and you make a good point. You know what I mean? We are twenty-one yeah. and twenty-one. Respect. We're not. We're not arguing that. Um, our point is, or my point anyway, if Auburn's going to get back to where we think Auburn needs to be, Vanderbilt better not be a worry. Vanderbilt better not be better not be no damn concern. Going to Nashville is not. To, I, well, I got a lot of y'all in my DMs saying, "How can Auburn go ten and two? Well, when they get Vanderbilt." So, but it's funny because this is, this is becoming, this is becoming this thing. So a couple of weeks ago, multiple media outlets say Vanderbilt's going to win this game. And now Vanderbilt saying this is homecoming. And I don't, you know, I don't know if this has maybe changed up a little bit. Um, I don't really pay attention to other people's homecomings like outside of Auburn. And even then I can, I don't remember who homecoming was last year. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I like, that's really something that really truly only matters if you're a student at the school. I know that in high school, what we did was who's, who's the worst team, you yeah. know, Panama city Bay, come get it. Yeah. And I'm sorry at all. If there's any tornadoes out there listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but my senior year, bro, we beat y'all 77 to zero. Um, (laughs) bro, Trent, I'm not kidding. Trent Richardson had 14 carries for like 328, like first half. Yeah, yeah, dumb. Real quick, dumbest thing I ever saw. Uh, Milton High School, right across the street from where I'm at currently. Trent had nine or 20 carries for 490 yards. (laughs) So, bro, I'm just standing there like, we ain't throwing the ball tonight. Um, yeah, that was that was funny. But yeah, bro, it's, it's so a lot of times what I'm saying anyway, anyway, is that uh a lot of times, man, they schedule they schedule somebody they say we can win. And I don't yeah. I haven't got Benny's schedule right in front of me. Maybe Auburn is their most winnable game. But if you are an Auburn Tiger dude, like if you're on that team, bro, you've got to look at this and say, oh, okay. It's everyone's talking about a 21-21. So we've got the opportunity to turn that around. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take the lead. Everyone's talking about you're not going to be favored in this game. I'm guessing the thinking is it's a road game in the SEC. I mean, it won't be. The yeah. Nashville, the Nashville Alumni Club for Auburn alone will have just the, that club will have more fans there than Vanderbilt will total. So mm-hmm. much less how that stadium is going to be 75% orange and blue because I hadn't seen a Vanderbilt game in years where they were the home team in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, hey, trip to Nashville. And they come over and take over your stadium. It's that. Vanderbilt, it's not going to be homecoming for you. There's going to be more Auburn fans in the stadium yeah. at your homecoming, and you're going to get yeah. blown out. So, You think we blow them out? Blow out Vanderbilt? You think Brother? we blow them out? Yeah, man. Yeah. If we don't – It's been kind of close the last couple times we played. <laughs> you think we blow them out? If we don't go up to Nashville and win by at least 17 – then, yeah, I got problems, bro. I got I was, problems. I'm not, I was to, thinking, I'm not trying to anchor down. I'm not trying to hear this. Yeah, and and I was thinking for sure you win the game like 38 to 20 or whatever, you know, 38-17. Yeah, I'll, I'll take 31-17. Like, I'll take yeah, 31-17. So, yeah, something like that, 34-17, whatever. Um, But to me – I've been preaching this for a little while, right, on this show. And that is Auburn's been getting slapped in the face, all right, right. by multiple schools who historically are beneath Auburn. Okay. And and this is another slap in the face, in my opinion, (laughs) is for Vanderbilt to schedule you as their homecoming. 
all right? It shows that you aren't looked at like you used to be in the past, okay? People don't fear you anymore. People don't look at Auburn on the schedule and say, ah, damn, man, like, you know, we're going right. to lose Saturday, all right? They don't, they don't do that. They look at Auburn now and say, hey, that's a potential homecoming game, all right? Now, things are obviously shifting with who we have at head coach now, and the recruiting that is being done and things like that. He hasn't coached a game yet. But you're about to find out what an ass whooping is like, okay? <laughs> because I think Hugh looks at this and says, hey, this is this is bulletin, this bulletin board yeah, material. Yeah, it's got to be, man. Okay? Like, you're not, you're not about to sit here and schedule me as your homecoming, Okay. Right. And and Elijah McAllister should absolutely be mm. on a freaking tear mm. that you transferred to Auburn and Vanderbilt scheduled you to come to Nashville and get treated as a homecoming game. Disrespectful, all right? 100%. But I've been telling y'all that is how Auburn is viewed right now with everybody around the country and rightfully so like we can't argue it man yeah, like you can. the all the auburn fan in us wants to and like y'all know us if you've been listening to the show long enough you know we're gonna step up yep. and be like man shut up quit talking about my team you know we're gonna go we you know we're gonna come defend our tigers bro we, we're gonna ride for them but it's one of the things where it's like you do have there has to be a sense of reality as well mm-hmm. um and for whatever reason, there are some people in our fan base that struggle with this, Blake. I mean, you saw it whenever I dared to say we lost Alabama in football. We got swept by them in basketball, and they beat us three out of four in baseball. And the final one was them eliminating us from the SEC tournament in Hoover. Mm-hmm. And I dared to point out they owned us this year in athletics. Well, yeah, and you saw the reaction. Dozens of people, I'm not following your podcast anymore. I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. You're a Bama homer. You know? My favorite so. one is, don't you run an Auburn podcast? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here sitting here screaming, let's go San Diego State, you know? And I'm like, bro, Alabama made it further than we did in the NCAA tournament, all right? And, like, for me to get on Twitter and be like, ha, the Aztecs, baby, right, boom. Right, right, right. I'm like, they swept us, dog. Like, oh, well, yeah, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I'm not about to get on here and be like, San Diego State, what's <laughs> up? You know? Okay, so to this point, in the SEC tournament, they eliminate us in baseball this year. They eliminate yeah. us. They get eliminated the next night, and all half of Auburn Twitter is on there. Ah! That would have been us playing in that game, but they eliminated us from this tournament yeah. less than 24 hours. But, like, just shut up, man. Just shut up. Yeah. And when you and, – and, Pointing this out does not make me a Bama fan. I do not like it. I hate mm-hmm. it. It is what it is. I don't know what you what you want me to say. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to say? And then people are literally trying to argue back with me about it. And it's like, so you're saying that they didn't sweep us in basketball? It doesn't matter. We were still a better basketball team this year. No, we weren't. It, it doesn't matter. We played twice and they beat us, and it doesn't matter. And we blew an 18 point lead. Shut up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I think it matters. We played. Yeah. We played and they won. It matters. If we split, I guess you can have an argument. They, they went 2 and 0 versus saying we have a better basketball team than them makes no sense. And even if we did, they beat us. So you can't, there's nothing. There's nothing to say there. So I just, I just, I do think that you're onto something with that. It's just like, all right, man, our fan base does have, I mean, some of my DMs are freaking hilarious. And I love y'all. I'm not trying to call anybody out, man, but like asking me how I think Auburn can win the West or make the playoffs this year. Don't mess. Don't, please, please don't DM me that. Please don't <laughs> yeah. You got to win the games on your schedule. All right. I would, I'll take a, I don't know, man. Like I'll take a Birmingham Bowl victory. You know what I mean? Like, I just watched. I just um, watched. This, I just watched us lose to Houston in the Birmingham Bowl in our last yeah. postseason attempt. So I'm not about to come out here and say Cotton Bowl. Look, I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you, Dustin. I don't want no Birmingham Bowl. All right, I don't no, want. I a don't. Birmingham but I'm just saying right? that would have been an improvement from last year's result. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I don't want a Birmingham Bowl. But would I take one right now in year one? I'm just saying, bro. Like, oh yes, I would. All right. Yeah. 
Now, do I want to hear the jokes that come along with that of, oh, you ain't even got to leave your state, yada, yada, yada. And, oh, I don't, all right? Highway, you know, 280, right. whatever. Like, I don't want to hear that, you know, whatever. Um, But I think Auburn is better than a Birmingham Bowl this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back to the point of Vanderbilt and seeing this news come out today, um, I think the Auburn Daily reported it. Uh, they they threw an article up about Vandy, you know, scheduling Auburn as the homecoming. Like, look, pull your pants up like a man, all right? Strap the belt up, put the pads on, and go out there and whoop some ass in Nashville and let people know, dog, that the right. the disrespect's got to stop with Auburn. <laughs> like, and I think that's what Hugh's going to try to do. I don't think he's going to try to embarrass anybody. All right. I don't think he's going to try to embarrass anybody, but I think if if Auburn does start pulling away, he's going to put his foot on the gas and say, hey, look, you ain't never, ever going to schedule me as homecoming ever again. OK, right. like you pick somebody else, dog, like like the days of Kentucky being homecoming or Missouri is about to be back. Like that's who you schedule as your homecoming, not me. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I just I'm tired of seeing Auburn getting slapped in the face, man. It's getting old. It's frustrating. That's not who Auburn is. I told y'all the other day that Auburn right now is a top 15 program in the country. When Auburn's winning, they're inside the top 10 in the country. OK, it's it's historical facts. All right. Mm. It's historical facts. Listen, man, Look up until up. Kirby Smart, up until Kirby Smart, we were ahead of Georgia all time. Absolutely. That's changed now, but I mean, we're, yeah. we're you know we're right there, and like we're one good coach away, we're one good run away. Like it's we've seen well, it done, man. Dustin, let me let me tell you this. Speaking of of before we wrap this up and get out of here, we're one coach away, we're one good run away. Uh, we're actually making a run at four p.m. Central Standard Time today with a five star linebacker, Demarcus Riddick. Could this flip the script and be the first domino to fall, Dustin, for Hugh Freeze and his staff? How big would this be if DeMarcus does pick the Auburn Tigers, Dustin? Yeah, real quick, because I pulled up Vandy's schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. They do play Kentucky and Missouri both at home, and they decided that Auburn would be the home game. So, like you you said. Bulletin board material, but you got to prove that, it. Hey, hey, that just means that just means that they looked at that Missouri, they looked at that Missouri and Auburn game last year, and they mm. said, "Hey, all right, Missouri was actually better." Right, right, okay. Uh, maybe nothing we can say, bro. There's nothing we can say. That's not a point you can argue. Demarcus Riddick, bro. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, man. So we're sitting here. This we're recording this on Tuesday night. It's going live 10 a.m. Wednesday morning. So. As of right now, and we sitting right here at 7.06, Tuesday, July 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in the recruiting game, guys. I'm not. Um, I live in Pensacola, Florida. So, you know, I'm not I'm not in Auburn. I'm not talking to coaches. I don't I, – everything I get is secondhand. As of right now, feeling pretty good. Got to be. Feeling pretty good. Uh, trust the people that have told me this is looking good. Uh, these are people that would know. Uh, so this is kind of where I sit on this whole Demarcus Riddick situation as we sit here tonight. Uh, what happens? Because we had Tony Mitchell the night before it was time to commit to. Yeah. And Tony Mitchell got a 2 a.m. phone call from Tuscaloosa. And then it goes a different way the next morning. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just about. I feel like Joseph Phillips, or and I know Joseph Phillips is in the bag. Uh, I feel like Demarcus Riddick is. I think we got him. Can mm-hmm. we survive tonight? Because here's the funny thing: Georgia wants the kid bad. Bama wants the kid bad. I feel like Georgia's out based on everything that is just out there in the public at this point. Yeah. Um, Bama's gonna push hard. Bama's gonna push. There was a reason why they pushed so much for Tony. It's mm-hmm. because they have to avoid this as long as they can. Yep. Like, and it's funny because really it's like it's only one recruit. And like, as, as much as I want DeMarcus and I'm going to be excited if we pull this off, um, does that one, does DeMarcus really make a big, you know what I mean? Like, does that make the big dent? Like, I don't know. It's a message. It's like, okay, we're here. We finally got somebody from you. But if you're a Bama, I was still, if I was Bama, 
I would still be saying, okay, you got one. Like I wouldn't be sweating it that much if I was them. But the reason that they are sweating it that much is because it's like, oh, damn. Y'all have got no proof of concept as a staff. You haven't even suited up yet. Mm. And you're already still in five stars that Georgia and Bama are really pushing for. And let's look at it. Let's look at the linebacker room in particular. DJ Barber, stud. We both agree, super underrated. Yeah. You already know what Joe Phillips is. You know how bad Georgia wanted him. You should know. Yep. You should look at Georgia's pedigree of linebackers over the last five years and feel really good about getting guys that Georgia wants. The linebacker room of Demarcus Riddick and those other two guys, Joe Phillips and TJ Barber, man, for 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 uh for Josh Aldridge, what a freaking haul if he is able to pull this off, man. It really yeah. is. And and then in the in the era of, of NIL in 2023, it's also uh indicative of the work that on the victory is doing because you at least have to be in the ballpark. Not every kid is picking the highest offer. They're not. We've got some guys on our roster that accepted lower offer, and that's that's across the country. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to be in the ballpark. Yep. Like you can't – it can't be a, a Connor Lou situation pre-Q freeze where, they're, where Lou sitting back saying, I'm not getting anything? You're not even interested in it? Like, you're not even interested in helping me out? Well, Miami's yeah. interested in helping me out. Let me go. Then Hugh comes in and says, no, no, we're interested in helping you out, Bubba. We got you. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we got you. We got you. Now come to the school that you want to come to. He always wanted to come to Auburn. You just had to be in the ballpark. I, I don't know the numbers to Connor's recruitment. Based off of what we know, I know – I feel comfortable saying Miami threw a bag. Um, but you just got to be in that area, man. You just got to offer something. It's got to be respectable to the guys. So it's a, it's a testament to them as well. And this will just be one of those, man, where it will just be hard to deny it. It'll be hard to deny – there's nothing that they can say. They can't spin this one any kind of way. Georgia and Bama both wanted this guy really bad. He's a game changer. He can play right away. And one thing that I'm really starting to notice is this narrative that Hugh is selling of come be different. Why do you want to go do this? I mean, if you're, if you're DeMarcus – you might redshirt at Bama as a freshman. Yeah. Versus coming in and playing right away, or at least having a pretty good opportunity to play right away at Auburn. And, and linebackers a spot there that you can you can get on the field. So uh, you can get on the field early. So I'm really hopeful, man. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic with every big-time recruit because I am just a jaded Auburn fan. Yeah. I will say that if I was a recruiting guy, if I if that was my game, I would have a crystal ball in based of all the intel that I have. I think this is going to happen. Um, I feel really really good about this one. I'm I'm like highly highly confident. Right? It's all it's all it's, it's all it's all about making it past the finish line here, bro. It really is because right now as we sit, Bama knows. Bama knows he's going to Auburn. So if it's really somebody they want, I guarantee you that they're behind. They're they're conjuring it up. And he's gonna get a phone call. So tomorrow's his mom's birthday. That's why he's committing tomorrow. It's supposed to be his final decision. Um, listen, dude, this is uh this one right here would be. I'm gonna talk. If we pull this off, you can find me. My my handle's right there. If you listen on audio, <laughs> D-M-I-C-H-A-U-D 28. I will be talking mad shit tomorrow at about 5 p.m. Central Time if this goes away that I think it's going to go because this is big time. Don't let anybody tell you any different. And here's the really big thing about it. If you get DeMarcus on Wednesday, if you get a five-star linebacker on Wednesday, then he comes to Big Cat this weekend, Blake, and he's able to recruit for you. And now you've got guys like TJ – I mean, excuse me, I, I feel good about TJ Lindsay though, defensive lineman. Watch him yeah. this weekend. But you got guys like DeMarcus – you got guys like Joe Phillips, big-time recruits. You got guys like Walker Walt, Walker White, big-time recruits that can come in and say, look, guys, you know, come join us. We're doing something here. Now you've it's, it's not gonna now now if if guys are interested in this whole in this whole uh turn it around thing, they're probably like, I'm interested, but I can't do it by myself. I need some help. Then they start seeing those guys start to stack up and they start seeing them reinforcement stack up and they say, Man, maybe. I could join those guys, and, and we could do that. If you're a recruit listening to this podcast, why do you want to go win Bama's 200th national championship? They won't remember you. 
You'll be a blip. You'll just be another guy. I can't even remember their Heisman winners at this point. And 10 years ago, uh, we made fun of them for not having any. And now mm-hmm. I don't even know if they've got three, four, five. I don't, I don't care. Like, it's just, it's just a machine. So, yeah, I get all the stuff. The winning, the pro, like you get the, the route to the NFL. I understand all that. Come be different, man. Be different. We can provide all of those same things, minus it being the easiest route to victory. You're going to lose a little more games your first year with Auburn than you will with Bama, 100%. But be part of something special, man. Be part of something that, that Auburn fans look back on and say, those were the guys. Because you know why Bama fans love Mark Ingram and Julio and all those guys so much? Because that was those were the OGs. Mm-hmm. Those were the guys that turned it around, the Greg McElroys. Those were the guys that led Bama out of those six straight losses first to Auburn, to us, mm-hmm. that led them out of that no national title since 1992, which to them is freaking, oh, God. So be be that. Be that. Have gener- yeah. There's a whole – our guys over at the college loop, right? Those guys are all their early 20s, man. Mm-hmm. The kick six was almost – too, it was almost too long ago for them at this point. <laughs> they really don't know nothing about no 2004, right? They really yeah. don't know nothing about the 11-2 and two season that Tommy busted off where we won the Cotton Bowl, beat Nebraska. Um, mm-hmm. They don't know about those times. They only have these nine straight years of four-plus losses, really. There's a, yeah. there's a whole generation of Auburn fans now that haven't seen what Auburn is capable of, bro. So it's just, it's just time to get back to that, Blake, and you start by winning in the living room. Look, I'll be honest. If Auburn lands Demarcus Riddick at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, Auburn Twitter will explode, people. All right, yeah. Auburn social media will explode. It, it will be electric. It should. Okay, you should go crazy. You should get on there and you should talk mad, mad noise to the nearest Alabama fan, the first mm-hmm. one that you can find. Okay, and you can say, "Hey, guess what? The script." It's starting to flip a little earlier than we thought. All right. A little earlier than we thought. My boy Hugh ain't even, he ain't even ran out the tunnel yet. All right. Mm. We hadn't even played a game. And you're already stealing one from Alabama and Georgia. If this happens, this is monumental. This could lead. All right. What if? What if Perry Thompson comes on down to Big Cat, all right? Mm-hmm. There's been a little hostility this week, all right? Is he going to the Bama barbecue? Is he coming to Big Cat, all right? You got Demarcus Riddick saying, hey, Bama, I'm out, all right? I'm going over here to Big Cat. I'm an Auburn Tiger. And then Perry's sitting here going, hey, man, like, he did it. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think I want to do it, all right? It could lead to things, and that's one domino fall. That's two domino fall. Mm-hmm. It could lead to things, man. People start looking at you differently, not only in the conference, but nationally. All right? Mm-hmm. You're no longer the slap-in-the-face Vanderbilt homecoming, okay? Yeah. You're back to top 10 program in the country. You're back to calling Penn State back down here for an ass-whooping, okay? And say, hey, come back down, all right? Come oh. back down because nice. – we didn't give you the proper treatment, all right, because we had Potato Man running around over there not knowing what he was doing, all right? You you can go out to a Lincoln Riley in USC and say, hey, let's link up one time like we did back in the early 2000s, and, and let's play a home and away, all Man, right? Don't do that. No, nah, but you could go up there to Eugene and say, hey, hey, our, our – Little Pac-12 rival Oregon Ducks, you know. We played in Dallas. We played in Arizona for the Natty. How about let's do a home and away? We play at Audson. Y'all play at Jordan Hare. You know, uh, you can get you can get back on on getting some respect if this happens. All right, you can not be embarrassed by uh, Missouri fumbling out of the back of the end zone and in overtime, and you almost getting embarrassed. Like that. I mean, it's it's been rough. All right. And and for all of you Auburn fans out there, take a deep breath and just let it go, man. Because this could be absolutely huge. A position of need at linebacker. Mm, all right. Big time. A position of need. And for you to get 
one of the biggest, baddest dudes in the country, all right, and a five-star, all right, a five-star, Dustin. That feels good, all right, this around the oh. – Exactly. There you go. There's my, there's my point, man. It feels, it, feels my, it feels good around the program, man. Like, it's been so long and, and just – you haven't been this dominant if you do land this and you have a coach who cares. And remember what I told you, get your two phones jokes, get them in. All right. Get them in, dig them. I mean, dig them, get, get them out there. Like I'm, I'm sick of seeing them. All right. Because if this happens, it's on my buddy. And uh, like I said, one domino fall, two domino fall. All right. And then that leads to three, four and five fall. Like with uh, Florida a couple weeks ago. Remember? Yeah, Florida had that big stretch there, seven, ten days, and like yep. you said, man, dominoes falling. You get one guy, and they're seventeen years old, and if they're yeah. on the if they're on the fence, and then they see a big time guy, they go, oh, okay. So, like you said, man, it just it only takes one, and you've already got you've already got some pieces in a Walker White and a Joe Phillips where they can look at and say, okay, I can see this class has some has a foundation. Let me fill it out. Yep. Um, Night and day, bro. This is night and day from where we were at this point last year in recruiting. Yeah, for sure. Just the excitement. We think we're going to land a five-star linebacker tomorrow. We think we're going to beat Georgia and Alabama. Jeffrey Lee put in a prediction today. There's crystal balls from official experts. So I'm not saying anything that's not, you know, that's not out there. If we're wrong at this point, we're wrong with Chad Simmons and everybody else that does this. So, you know, it is what it is. This could be a – Ooh, Friday might be fun. Friday's episode might be fun. On Friday, we're, uh, we're going to be previewing the Big Cat, and we might have yeah. – if, if this pops, man, we'll definitely we'll definitely be back on here to talk about it again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, Demarcus. Come home, baby. Come home. Come home. Man. Four o'clock, come home. <laughs> do, do it. Do it. Shock the world, bro. Yeah. Shock the world. And hit, and, hit and, ignore when they call you tonight. Just hit ignore. There's nothing <laughs> you don't need. There's nothing for you to listen to. Uh, shock the world. It, be an Auburn Tiger. Uh, uh, flip the script. I love saying it. I'll say it over and over again. Uh, change, change the vision in the state. All right. And and you know, I told my dad the other day. I said, Hugh kind of Hugh kind of feels like Pat Die. Right. Yep. Hundred percent. You're down. All right. You're down right now. You, it's like you, you're the kid that gets picked on. All right, Bama's, Bama's in the middle of a dynasty. They're in the middle of a dynasty. They're they're the big boy at school. They're the bully. All right, you get picked on. You get picked last. All right, to play recess. And Pat Dye steps in. All right, he beats the University of Alabama. Bear Bryant retires. All right, that was it. Yeah, Pat Dye takes over, and the rest is history. Right. Now you're back in the same situation. You're down, all right? You've been getting the piss beat out of you, and it's getting old, all right? It's getting sour, and you got Hugh Freeze coming in. It just feels like a Pat Dye situation, man. It feels like he's the guy that, that will resurrect us and, and uh, you know, rest rest his soul, Coach Pat Dye, uh, one of the best things that happened yeah. to happen to Auburn University, right? Uh, yeah, and, it made and, it what it is today. Exactly, and and that's why I texted my dad the other day, and I said, you know, I said I just got that feeling. I wasn't around when Pat Dye was the coach at Auburn University. All right, I'm only 32 years old, but I live off of what my dad tells me, and my dad always tells me, hey, the things that he done, all right, he's he's the goat, man. Like that dude, that dude laid the groundwork. All right, he he was the guy, and uh, and hopefully Hugh Freeze can be mine and your. Pat died. That I hope one day I can walk into that living room and tell my son Levi, say, right. "Hey, Hugh Freeze changed it for us." All right, and, and it's funny, and, funny too on that comparison, Blake, because uh, Harson was our Doug Barfield. Harson <laughs> was our Doug Barfield, so it all lines up. <laughs> oh man, but, all, yeah. he, he almost even yeah. wore orange jerseys like Doug Barfield. He flirted with it anyway. What up? What a clown week that was. Ugh. Oh, man. But, look, let's wrap it up, Dustin. It was a hell of an episode. I enjoyed talking uh, with you about the quarterbacks and recruiting and, you know, even being a damn homecoming game in Nashville. Uh, uh, yeah, that was – Never thought I'd see the day, man. We got to flip the script, like you say. 
Yeah, tough to swallow. But, hey, look, go over to Spotify, rate us five stars if you could. Go over to Apple, rate us five stars there if you could. Leave a comment, uh, what you like about the show. Get in the YouTube comments. Uh, Let us know. There's been a lot of action down there in the comments, and we try to get in there, and we try to respond to each and every one of you. If we miss you, I'm sorry. Uh, We will catch you on, on the next one. Uh, it's it's uh it's been about 50 comments an episode the last yeah. couple episodes so uh if we miss you we're sorry but we thank each and every one of you for joining us we hope you have a great rest of the day and hopefully the auburn tigers have great news this afternoon we will catch y'all on the next one war damn eagle and we are out